Hello and welcome to Transformational Insights Demystified Podcast. I'm your host, Fumilola Asa, a system thinker and a transformational insights translator. On this podcast, I share practical insights that enable you to make the step change in performance towards becoming better versions of yourself and acing your personal development, business, relationship, and spiritual goals. So, are you a leader, a business owner, or even an employee within an organization? Do you have questions about the complexities and interactions within your business or portions of the business? Well, in this four-part podcast series titled The Business System Demystified, I discuss key principles to help you navigate the complexities of the business system, leveraging practical examples. So are you excited? Let's dive in. Welcome to episode two of four. I am still excited to be talking about the business system demystified. In the first episode, we talked about three key principles for your complex business system. The principles that help drive the identity and characteristics of that system. If you haven't listened to it, I encourage you to go listen to principles one, two, three, which I discussed in episode one of this four-part series, as they are very fundamental to any system that you're looking to design optimize or fix all right building on that conversation we'll be talking on two more principles in this episode and these principles are going to help you with analyzing your system because we understand that as a practitioner or somebody who is involved with a business there's always a need to address look into specific aspects of your business or you know optimize certain portions or test out certain new scenarios in portions of your business and so seeing that we say that you know you can't break up the system into his parts and still retain the identity of the system so how do you do that in a systematic way to analyze that complexity yet without being lost in all the multiple interactions that are happening in the various parts of your system and the second one is going to be looking at the effectiveness of the interfaces, the breakpoints in your system. How are these handshakes happening in your system, internal to your business to enable the overall interface that goes out of your system? Recall, we say that a system's purpose or importance is about how it meets the needs of key stakeholders. And so how are the interfaces within your system enabling or hindering that value delivery hold on we will get to it in just a second so let's start with principle four it talks about the principle of the right level of system decomposition and abstraction so this principle is very interesting because it is trying to break down complex jargons into simple conversations and so this is a true test of my ability to abstract and decompose the system as we talk through this but what does that principle say It says that to aid the analysis of a complex system, that system should be broken down to manageable or comprehensible layers in a way that preserves the critical information regarding what drives the behaviors of the system. Take notes. In breaking down the system, you must preserve the information that drives the behaviors of the system, such as 
key interactions within the system and across the system boundaries, while summarizing details of the system that are not essential for understanding the system under the specific viewing lens that you are. And so this is a bit of an art. And so perfecting this art is sort of like tuning a microscope. You know how you use a microscope to say, you know, I want to look at this aspect of this organism and you zoom in and tune it until you get to the right level of detail that answers the question that you're looking to address. And so that exactly is what the system decomposition and abstraction is. Depending on the size of your business, depending on the size of the functions within your business, it can be a daunting task to really get to the root of things that drive the behaviors of the business. And so this skill is something that is critical for anyone who has to manage or run or is impacted by the complexities within a system. And so often when we're faced with optimization issues or the need to critically analyze certain challenges within the business system, the need arises to, you know, really break down the system in a way that you can really understand it and get to the core of the issues. And often, you know, traditional analysis reduces this by saying, let's break it down. Let each component go look at what's working or not working there. And usually this misses the, an element of the unique identity of the system. I talked about this already in episode one, when we talk about the fact that a system is that unique system, that unique identity, unique entity that is bigger than the sum of its part. And so just breaking back the system up doesn't help you answer the question. So if your car is not running great, you don't just break it up into the parts and say, oh, the tire is great. The chassis is great. The windscreen is great. So the car must be great. No, that could be wrong. There could be something wrong in the way that the tire fits or the wheel fits around, you know, the, the car, the axle system. And so you need to really think about interactions when you are analyzing a complex system. And that is where most traditional analysis fails. And so a first step in analyzing any complex system is to ask yourself, what are the sub layers that make up the system? And more importantly, how does the system work? What are the key characteristics of the system? What are the key behaviors of the system? So that as you start to zoom out or zoom in or break down or decompose, which is the word that we really use when we talk about how you're breaking it down, the system, and you summarize all the parts, which is abstracting, you make sure that in doing that, you do not lose how the system functions. And so you must not diminish the integrity of the system or the interactions that are happening at the handshakes when you're analyzing your system. And so one of the reasons that makes this different from the traditional way of breaking down things is that at every point of breaking down, you ask yourself, what's the input and what's the output? And how does this breaking down still make sure that the input and output remain? And so it's not just a focus on the path that's been analyzed, it's a focus on the input into that part and the output into that part so that you can check where the signal might have been broken or where the signal can be enhanced because it doesn't always have to be something bad. It could be that you really just want to improve an existing system that works well. And so being able to understand how the handshakes occur is a critical part of how you analyze your system. And so as I think about my business unit that maybe works with 
the central um, maybe corporate or business functions, you start to ask yourself, okay, how what's the input into this business unit? How do those interactions occur? Where's the feedback loop? Where where do the handshakes occur? And so even though I dive in and I look at operations within my business unit, I am thinking about how does this operation interact with other functions to still be able to communicate the information that the central team needs to do their analysis. So at every point in time, at every layer, you keep the thread that connects to the overall behavior of this business system. And so, for example, the focus could be on the reason why marketing and sales subsystem of your system are not working together. But you don't really want to deep dive into marketing or sales, but you're trying to find out where is the broken links. And so you first start off by at the overall level of marketing and sales interactions. What is the challenge? What is being issued that is not being received? Or why are we getting this information late? Okay, so we get it. It's probably happening from the handshake that is coming out of marketing because when it gets into sales, there's already something broken with it. And then we go back to the next layer within marketing. What are the sub-departments or the sub-units or the individuals within marketing, for example? And how is the communication and an interaction happening with them along the lines of this critical variable that is going out to sales? And so you start to dip, but at that point, you're not looking at marketing and sales at the same time. You're looking at marketing, but you're keeping with the linkage to sales. It sounds a bit complex. Like I said, it's a bit of an art because that's how you finally start to break it down in successive layers, keeping that anchor of the main issue we're looking at here is the interaction that's gone out to sales. Every other thing that is not enabling that behavior at this instant is summarized in what we call abstracting. And so the consistent theme that facilitates the identification of issues in the overall system or define opportunities is the ability to preserve that behavior of the system. You don't just break up the parts and say, let's analyze the parts. You must always ask, What's happening to the input and what's happening to the output? Is the information that is sent being received? That way, as you start to encounter broken links or break feedback loops that are broken, then you're able to drive down to the core issues that is driving the behaviors that you see. And so to summarize principle four, when you want to analyze a complex system like your business, such as, you know, breakdown in communication with some of your critical suppliers. You don't go straight and start to break down every bit of operations or every bit of purchasing. You ask questions around how is the input from this overall system interacting with the supplier? What are the key interface points? What's the communication that's happening? What's the input and what's the output? And then you take it one more layer. What are the fu- sub-functions within the system that interact specifically to deliver that function? Because often that function that's called output to the suppliers is broken down in your system as maybe a PO. But that PO does not just generate by itself. It's a conversation between, say, purchasing and like your operations department. There are specifications maybe with the um, 
technical department around specific things that you want to see. And so as you start to break it down from there is a breakdown in communication to my supplier, you come back in and you start to look at what does procurement need to provide to the supplier? Who is the input to procurement to provide this information? Where did that breaking communication happen? And that way you're digging it down, following the trail of value for that particular linkage and behavior that enables you to identify what the enablers are, what the dependencies are, and what is driving that overall behavior, what might be broken and what can be improved. I hope that helps. We can explore this some more, but just suffice it to say that principle four looks at your ability to truly unearth the critical behaviors of a system by ensuring that in your successive breakdown and summary of the system, you don't lose the critical links and interactions that facilitates the overall behaviors that you see or want to see in your system. So on to principle five. Principle five talks, kind of builds on what I just talked about in terms of the principles of system interface value delivery. And so if I quote it as reading, principle five says that a system boundary is the picture frame around the system. And as such, the true test of a system boundary appropriateness is the exchange of value that occurs at the boundary between the system and every connection to the system. And so when you're defining the external system boundary and the internal system boundaries of your subsystems within your system, it's important that the boundaries and the connections allow for value consistent with the overall system functioning to be passed across each boundary. And so here's the question. In the example I shared earlier about, say, you know, an issue with the suppliers and the fact that like three departments that interact to, you know, deliver value to your suppliers. And this three departments, for example, are required to consistently interact to deliver value. Then the question is, the interfaces between these departments, how are they set up to facilitate that? Is it in terms of regular meetings or the, in terms of working groups or how they are grouped, how they report up through the organization such that that interaction continues to facilitate the ability to have a seamless delivery across the interfaces to facilitate the external interface that is going out of your business to the supplier. And so in, in certain cases, this might facilitate a decision to say, you know what, let's get specific representatives from these three departments to co-locate, for instance, such that you don't even have to cross a boundary to have that conversation. Or no, the meeting structure should be such that the three of you sort of upfront decide what we need, you know, as a body, as opposed to passing it from one function to the other to get to another one. And so in a sense, you are consciously thinking about how to design the boundaries within your system to ensure that value crosses at those interfaces. Now, a critical quote, quote that I like that you know, sort of speaks to this example is that of Peter Drucker, which says that um, the most important thing in communication is to hear what isn't being said. You know, and you know, George Bernard Shaw also lends his voice and says the biggest single problem in communication is the illusion that has taken place. And so 
both of them highlight the importance of the interface delivery because you know the challenge with complex systems that are suboptimal really may not be with the system part so every function may be working well so purchasing works well by um analyzing engaging with the with the customer with the supplier getting quotes giving them the specification so they're doing everything they're supposed to be doing the facilities team is analyzing and giving maybe specific or maybe the the, the technical team you know they're they're giving all the technical details that are required or oh, operations they tell you as we need it you know they forecast when we're going to need this sort of you know particular part for our operations but somehow it's probably the speed at which the information comes out from each of that subsystem to the other that may be the problem or the feedback loops of oh when it comes back from purchasing maybe it's supposed to go complete 360 through the other departments and that's where the, the conversation is broken and so if every time you have a challenge you go back and say what's not working in purchasing or what's not working in um, engineering or what's not working in operations you might not find the answer because the answer actually is in the interface that's happening between the systems and so to those quotes the question is is what what is being said is it heard one what is not said is it also heard and really has the communication taking place at the boundaries and this is always a very interesting topic because i've been using the examples of functions to functions i've realized that a very critical interface in an organization can be with the you know management levels and so sometimes you know there are well-meaning policies that are issued from like the really senior leaders in an organization and then there's employees who have concerns and somewhere in between the the filters that are hap- that occur between the le- the top leaders and the employees which is usually the layers of middle management re- become an interface that sometimes results in the break in the value that is being proposed either upwards or downwards and so there's frustrated people on the bottom there's frustrated at the top because the interface design is working in a way that is filtering out or sort of um don't um you know sort of creating a resistance to the value that should actually be flowing across that interface you know sometimes when we think about even other examples in the business a critical interface can be the customer facing roles in your business and so sometimes you you pick a call and talk to a customer service agent and they have no clue about the challenge that you're having with you know the issue that you have and then you start to wonder why is this person the person I'm even talking to in the in the first place? And so no matter how good the technical departments on the back end are, as long as the person who is talking to the customer has no idea or they have poor relationship issues, then a link is broken in that interface. And so, you know, value always takes place at the interface. That's that's how you measure the, the interface that's coming out of the system. And the most important one really is usually to the customers, your key stakeholders, right? And so when you think about customer-facing roles and, you, and that are interfacing with your customers, they create the first assessment of your organization. And so often when you, if your system is designed in such a way that you're not accounting for these interfaces, then it's a problem. I always think about an electrical design, you know, equipment that is designed such that, yeah, I can do all the great work, but well, it doesn't fit with my socket. Well, that socket is an interface. And so it has taken all of the great work that has been put into putting this great design together. It makes it useless to the customer because 
the socket is not designed to work with what the customer has. And so usually that communication occurs at the system boundary when the receiving party clearly gets what was intended by the transmitting party. The value that your organization intends is what the customer gets. Then you have a great interface. The value that is intended by the senior leaders to the employees comes across as intended. Then you have a great interface. Every time that something breaks in there, then it's probably an interface issue. And those are one of the usual key culprits in complex systems issues. Because again, recall, it's an interaction of multiple parts working to deliver purpose. And once one of that link is broken, often we say that a chain is as strong as the weakest link in there. And so the defining the boundary of a system and the value exchange that occurs there is almost as important as designing the core system functionality. And so as you think about the great um, design or great value that you want to deliver from your business and you think about how you're going to get the latest state of art, technical equipment, your marketing function is as important, your sales is as important, you know, your customer service, back-end man, um, you know, after sales engagement, relationship with the customers are equally as important because that might, you know, sort of lose the entire value that you have put into the front end because that value did not cross. And so the full customer experience, the full user experience has not occurred. And so the question that is always important or something that is important to note is that if there's no value crossing the boundary at a certain interface or the value that you are intending is not being delivered, then you have to question the necessity of that boundary. You need to question the necessity of that interface. You need to question the necessity of that organizational design that does not allow you know, the communication flow to get to the intended parties. Because if you poorly design those interfaces, you know, such as you know, poor, poor operationalization of your policies, and there's that dilution, then you you lose the benefits of the outcomes that you have you could have gotten if these policies and or feedback channels were working as intended. And so this is a critical you know principle for any business because you can interpret it into almost any aspect of your business. In fact, it's probably one of the things that causes the biggest concerns for business owners or leaders because you look at it and say, I have designed the system to be awesome. I have put everything together in a way that I should be getting certain value for my system. But no, I'm not getting it. Classes, a classic example is certain stores where people have the best items in your boutique, but you put a very rude, you know, insensitive salesperson there and who looks down on every customer who walks in. Yeah, my, your guess is as good as mine. You're going to have a store full of your materials at the end of the, the, the month because really that interface is making all of your great value useless because people are turned off when they encounter the interface. And so as a business, especially for one that's going to be dealing in a wide range of environments, you need to think about how robust are your interfaces? How well can they cater to the different ranges of options of environments where my business interfaces you know there's a term we use these days we say it's the business terrain is becoming increasingly increasingly volatile ambiguous complex and and um, volatile uncertain complex and ambiguous we call it VUCA 
And so a great interface is one that is robust enough to deliver value across the various spectrum of environments and scenarios that your business encounters. So it's what putting in the effort to truly design your interfaces. Like I said earlier, the time you take into designing your core business should be equated to what you do into designing the interfaces because there lies the true value delivery that your system is able to, to you know, take credit for. And so as I bring it all together, as I wrap up the second episode of this podcast, again, recall, we're talking about practical system thinking principles that would help you navigate the complexities of your business. The business terrain is complex. There are many stakeholders. There are many things interacting together. There are many decisions to be made. There are many variables that you need to account for. And so it's as complex as it gets. Whether you are a small business owner, SME, or you are the owner of you know, an enterprise or you know, a multinational, or you are a leader in there, or you are somebody who is in the critical department that is tasked with ensuring that value delivery occurs in the complex you know, um, systems that you run. And so if you think about this episode, the two principles I've talked about, a few questions must be answered regarding the complex systems that you're in as a business. And it is number one, do you know the key components of your business systems? Do you understand how they work and interact to enable the behaviors and outcomes of those systems? Are you constantly evaluating the interfaces within your system and with your key stakeholders to ensure that the intended value is being received? What are your feedback loops? How do you even know that the value that you intend is arriving at the stakeholders? You know, for some organizations, it's in the form of some, you know, surveys, um, focus groups, or certain processes that are in place to do a random check that truly what you have intended gets delivered to the right customers or stakeholders, your employee groups, the regulators, all the key stakeholders in your system. How robust are your interfaces to cater for the range of intended stakeholders of the system or the environment in which the system operates? You know, an answer in the affirmative is critical boost to ensuring that your system works optimally. And so, you know, it's very important that all of the things that we've discussed in this principles are factored into your business to be sure that you indeed have a system that would deliver the value that is intended of that system. Thank you for listening to this pod, um, this episode of the podcast. Recall, we're sharing 10 principles. We've looked at five to this point. There's five more to go. And so I'll catch you in the next episode three, where we discuss two more of the 10 principles. See you later. Thank you. You have been listening to Transformational Insights Demystified Podcast with Fumilola Asa. Subscribe to this podcast to ensure that you get notified as new episodes become available. Also, for more insightful content, visit my website at www.fumilolaasa.com to engage with transformational insights in my blog, my short faith insights devotionals, and even a link back to my social media reflection series. You can also follow me on social media on LinkedIn at Fumilolaasa, on Instagram at Fumiasa, and on Twitter at Fumilolaasa. I look forward to connecting with you and celebrating your win.
Friends, catch you in the next episode where we did dive into another insightful topic. Have a transformational time.